This is Kena, except for some treasure hunting. That's right. I think I have discovered the location of the ancestral tomb of the moth. I told my boss about it. They had a very productive dinner last night, so let's see if they are well rested or if we need to give them a bit of time before we continue. They touched base with the minor clans and they have set things into motion. They seem to finally be aware of the local powerhouse that they are in local politics. But I don't think they have noticed the ripples that they are causing. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for all that help has got to the point where we are now, especially Robert Lally and Charles Manx. Spring is almost over. And that's something. We get to the following morning and... Minoru, what are your sleeping arrangements? Minoru's sleeping arrangements are very Spartan. Some would call them basic. It's pretty much just the futon he sleeps on, a small shrine to his ancestor spirits, and that's about it for his bedroom. No, all the artwork is focused in the living areas. Stop cracking me up about the waifu pillow, please. It's comfortable, but Spartan is how I would describe it. So. What is your usual morning routine? Minoru wakes up early, does a series of stretches, bathes, gets clean clothes, uh, and then heads into the office to start examining paperwork, figure out what's going on. So as you leave to finish your exercise and go to paperwork, you see Kenya and you can see by her eyes that she did not get a lot of sleep last night and she bows to you. Ryushi-sama, I wish to talk to you. Of course, Ka of course, Kaina-san. How can I help you? It is about the legend about the underground caverns beneath Hiroseka and uh, the possibility of the ancient tomb of the Mot being somewhere within them. Minoru raises an eyebrow. Kaina-san, please go on. I was just heading to the office. Walk and talk with me, please. Have you not been informed by T uh, of this by Azahina Sama and uh, Doji Sama? Unfortunately, not. Things were rather busy last night. I'm sure they meant to tell me, but it's been a bit chaotic here. And she nods and follows you into the office. So it is a well known legend that they use it to be a natural system of caverns. Some say that they phase in and out of certain spirit realms. But others say they are just a simple, uh, a simple escape system for tunnels or some reservoirs. And uh, the question is, a lot of people have over the centuries been looking for it. I've been studying that because, as I said, because I think the the ancestral shrine of the moth might be there because no place in Osaka. Uh, was known as this location. So it has been uh, well hidden by the Mod Clan from outsiders. And I've been doing an investigation for a while, and I managed to shortlist to four locations which might be the entrance to this system of tunnels. And if we are able to explore them, then we can uh, eliminate for all these rumors or we can get access to said place 
Um, so excellent. What resources do you need for this sort of endeavor? Well, because of the subject matter, we're going to need a high skilled team as small as we can get. And because as you could assume, these should be kept for a few trustworthy years. Well, you might actually not know that. And she hands you a scroll. This is a transcript from a letter written by the daimyo of the Kaikoga family at the time in the 20th century. And uh, you can read, it seems to be a normal piece of correspondence with someone on the Phoenix clan. And the part that uh, actually has been uh, put in evidence by Kaina is as for the ancestral fan of the mod that you helped us recover from the previous keep, such treasure can only be kept to the most trustworthy. As such, it is only fitting that until a time where they deem necessary, the ancestral fan of the mod will remain in the hands of our ancestors. And after waiting for you to read, kind of continues. As you can see, this is the kind of thing that the less people knew about, the better. Because these legend about these caverns are well known to the locals. That is interesting, and it lends a lot of credence. When would you want to begin this expedition, kind of, son? Well, as soon as possible. Again, uh, I'm sure people have been following my activities and I have a reputation. So anyone looking into treasures of the mod will probably either keep an eye on me or seek to hire me. And I know that it might not be the best of time because of of the thing with the pirates. So Nagi is out of town and we also have the legionaries on quarantine duty. So this might not be the best time, but we should probably do this as fast as possible before someone beats us to the these four locations and they find the location of the complex and they can verify if there is more presence or not there. Kind of son, I have a meeting with Otomo-sama before lunch. After that, I believe... I should be free. Let me talk to the rest of the team. I would like to get started with this particular matter. Kana nods. Well, I can tell you which are the four locations. Well, maybe it's better not. We never know what might happen or who might be overhearing. Kana, in fact, I want you to wait right by here. Let me assemble the rest of my team quickly. I believe I may have a solution. And she nods. I'm going to send a servant, preferably someone on hand, to go get the other three and bring them here quick. All right. So we get to the other three coming at an urgent meeting in the morning. Somehow it's, it's relatively early. Somehow Hajime's hair is already just immaculate. Izumi looks even worse than usual and just looks at them as if to question why she's conscious right now, but doesn't say anything. Aiko's eyes are narrowed and focused. As soon as they're all in, Minoru's just, Mayuriki, it's so excellent to have assembled you. And you see him writing, and then he holds up a note so that they can all see, Yuzume, can you make sure no one is listening? Oh, that's actually a good question. I don't know if she has a spell that can 
she doesn't she doesn't have uh the spell that um isawa nobu was using i don't know if she can dispel it i think she could sense if it was there um yeah ludo uh is it possible for her to dismiss someone else's uh spies yeah it seems that everything is safe here the cami seem pretty pacific nobody has been listening and yeah nobody seems to even have been trying to importune them in any way in fact they actually feel a bit disgruntled that there are they have not been uh, offerings to them lately oh he was spying on us for a long time wasn't he okay so kena unrolls a map and starts pointing one of the locations may be well these are the four suspicious entrances, the only places which I have not eliminated. One is here, and she points to the granary. This is one of the granaries, and it has been heavily guarded for some time for no reason we know. So we will need authorization from the local authorities to go there. I don't know why they've been so focused in guarding a granary, especially one that from what I talked with the peasants, seems to be empty. The other one is a small gambling house. It's called Windling Fortunes, and it's here near the Crumble Dockyards. And another one is on the carpenter shop here in the corner between the temple and samurai districts. And finally, there is a guest house in the back of the temple of Shinsei that has been abandoned for a while now, but there were rumors there about guests appearing and disappearing. So within there might lie a passage into the underground caverns. All right, my Yuriki. I have a meeting with Kazuko-san soon, and I would like to confer with Aiko before that. In the meantime, here is my current plan, and I welcome you all to voice your opinion. Yuzume-san, Hajime-san, I'd like if you would go with Kena to investigate this matter. You are both our most in touch with the spiritual world. Aiko and I will deal with the courtly matters we have to deal with today. Very well, my lord. Do you have any recommendations as to where we should start? Try the carpenter's shop. I don't know. Seems lucky to me. Hey, Ludo, can I do that? Can I do that thing that I do sometimes and just try to like sort of get a gut feeling about one of these locations? Is that a thing that I can do? Yeah, you get the feeling that um, it would be a bit weird if it was on the granary because you have been all over it. Ichima's people have been all over it. You're pretty sure your legionaries have now been around it. And it will be very weird if none of them have reported to you. So you probably think it's definitely not in, in the granary. I don't know if I say anything then since Benzmaner already suggested the, the carpenter shop. I don't feel like I need to bring that up. If, if we talk about it later, he might bring it up. Since this does seem to be an urgent matter, if there's nothing else that you need, my lord, then the rest of us should be going. Absolutely. After Aiko and I converse and have our morning meetings, I will try and catch up with you all. I'm sure when I need to find you, I'll figure out a way to. Yuzume stands up, gives everybody a polite nod, and shuffles on out. Hajime does the same. So we get to the meeting, and... uh, you pass on 
in front of the of the magistrate station on your way there and you can hear the sound of parting and intense laughter as caps clack inside the magistrate station yes Aiko passes a confused glance to Minoru and says, I was not aware that you threw a party this morning without inviting any of us or yourself. Curiously enough, Aiko-san, I don't remember throwing a party that I did not invite myself to, but I do so love surprises. Mm, It is in your character to enjoy such things. To humor your love of surprises, why don't we step inside and enjoy this one? Or, I have lost track of time, and I do not know how to read the sun above us in the sky. Do we have time before the meeting? Minoru looks up. I believe we have plenty of time. Let's arrive at my own surprise party, shall we, Aiko-san? Ijima's party, and it is about her. And you can see the sepun that came with her really celebrating the success of their magistrate. And she is a bit tipsy, but uh, she regains her composure as she sees the Emerald Magistrate going in. Bayushi-sama, do you care for a drink? Have you had breakfast? Yes. It is the most joyous occasion. And you can see that there is a scroll open in uh, near where they are celebrating. Well, I have not had breakfast yet, so I must refuse your drink. But what are you celebrating? Tell me. There has been a famous, well, I guess the word is infamous, rather, criminal in the Empire, which when I was given this position, I was told to keep an eye out for. But turns out that they are no longer going to be a problem, and we are celebrating their demise. Ludo, is it appropriate? Would I go pick up from the situation that she's implying she dealt with it, or it's not like magically taken care of? She dealt with it, right? It is vague enough for her to claim credit. Sepunsama, celebrations are always appropriate for times of great success and joy. I must admit, I am unaware as to the individual that has been apprehended, but I give you my greatest. Congratulations, and share in your celebration. Oh, uh, actually, uh, they were not apprehended. They have been executed by the hand of providence and the will of heaven. And she smiles at Minoru. It was a personage that went by the nom de plume, Tamiko. Tamiko. I believe I heard a kinsman mention that name once. Well, it's always good when... The unrighteous get their righteous reward. Yes, I think you will find a, a big sense of humor in in this. And she clumsily waves towards the the scroll on the table. Minoru will pick it up and hold it so him and Aiko can both read it. As Aiko is reading it, he'll try to remember any information that he knows about this individual or their criminal history. You read the letter and realize that it's a confession. I have been using the identity of Tameko, which is often employed by whatever criminal overlord claims tribute over the River of Gold, to keep a network of smugglers in a way which will allow me to support my lifestyle 
without paying the proper taxes to the Emerald Empire. I live on this so that the proper justice can be done in the event of my demise before I can atone for my crimes. I, Lord Nagokita, admit that I have been operating under the code name Tamiko for the last five years. And as such, their crimes are my crimes. Minoru reads it, smiles with his eyes, just, Oh, well, Seppun-sama, it is nice when things turn out perfectly sometimes, isn't it? We'll be able to close this case. That has been a shame for, honestly, the Emerald Office and uh, the Imperial families for a while. How far away is our magistrate station from hers? I assume they're nearby each other. Uh, yeah, they're basically down the same street. Would it, would it take too much time for Aiko to go run back to the magistrate station? And by run, I mean daintily walk and then return with like a celebratory gift to congratulate her? Not at all. Okay. Then Aiko will, after reading the letter and share a look with Minoru and say, Seppun-sama, this is indeed the cause for great celebration. If you would excuse me one moment, I wish to fetch a gift worthy of the moment. Iko bows and exits the scene to go retrieve a gift to give to Seppanishima to celebrate the occasion. I guess this is gonna benefit you too, Ryushi-sama. Well, unlikely that there will be a formal declaration of this fact. After all, this is pretty insulting to impel institutions, but I'm sure the right people will know what you've done. That you got rid of not one, but two dangerous criminals to the Emerald Lands. Well, I mean, between that and the unique turnout of the investigation you put me on to, Seppun-san, I do believe it's been a banner month for the Emerald Office in Hirosaka. It's the second. I take my victories when I get them. Where are you going with Kainetu? I guess we should go with Minoru's first suggestion. I still feel like the guest house behind the temple, um, maybe second. And there is the smell of new resin coming from the district, and it is intoxicating. And it is a street that is dedicated to high-class artisans. So they are basically spaces in which they produce the high refined high quality tools which samurais then can use on the final steps of the process for the things that they create it seems to be quite a big carpenter shop it's a two floors building pretty extensive and it is uncannily empty you can hear the sound of machinery from the inside there is this layer of sawdust that seems to cover the air around it, but you can only see the shadow of one person working inside. Hello, good morning. We are here with the Emerald Office. I was wondering if we might be able to have a look around briefly. And it is a, a bald man on his 50s with a, a three days beard. He seems to focus his eyes, as if not believing. Oh, Samurai-sama, I'm honored to have such guests. Please, please, uh, come to me to the office nearby. I have some samples for you to see. Don't mind the workshop. 
Ludo, are there any examples of his work just sort of around, even if it's unfinished, that I might be able to look at and see, just kind of really quick assess the quality of his work? Here you cannot see much, but when you get to the office, you can see a lot of uh, planks of very fine wood, some pretty rare wood even. And you can see some examples of the crafts that were done with this. And most of it seems to be pretty utilitarian, except for what seems to be like the statue of a prancing horse that uh, is on a, a preeminent position. Would it be safe to assume that he worked on that? Or that? It does not look like something that uh, he will have worked with, because compared with the other pieces, which, you know, they seem to be wooden nails and joints and uh, shares, it seems to be all kind of practical things. And this really does not seem to be fit the rest. Gotcha. Okay. I'm only asking because I want to make sure that if need be, I can like distract him and be like, oh, yes, let's talk about chairs. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just follow him to the office and just say, of course, it would be a privilege to discuss your work. And I think as I do that, I sort of look over my shoulder at Yuzume and Kena and just kind of nod at the rest of the shop. Yuzume nods back and turns to pretend like she's looking at some of the wares on sale. As you two are walking around the workshop, kind of looks around and discreetly as if she's fiddling with her prosthesis, she drops what seemed to be some kind of gear. And she, as she gets to pick it up, you can see she drops some kind of spheric metal balls and she looks as they move across the carpenter shop. Assuming that Kana doesn't need any help, Yuzume will watch to see where they roll to, just to see if there's a indent in the floor. We'll follow them along and watch. In, in the background, we hear Hajime trying to talk with any amount of understanding about wooden joinery and failing utterly, um, but trying to sound very interested. So what might give, give you in particular summarize, um, we have not had many clients. In fact, I'm the only one working now. I had to let go of my apprentice and my journey folk. That must have been very difficult. I am so sorry to hear it. And yet the work that you do is so necessary and so valuable. I, I must say that you are using some very fine woods here. You seem to provide a lot of things that are very necessary for any household. Unfortunately, there have not been samurai around to buy it. And well, and I'm still doing a bit better. Uh, it's even worse with the other members of the local guild, the ship labor that came from the Imperial Carpenters and from Mamikake have ruined completely the livelihood of the carpenters. I mean, it's not only us, it's been really hard for everyone. Okay, at, the, at this point, Hajime is actually starting to get invested because he doesn't like that. He's the whole, you know, his whole thing or their whole thing here is they're trying to help Hirosaka. So now he actually is starting to care about this. He says, of course, of course, that that makes a good deal of sense, though. I had not necessarily thought that far myself. I can assume at some point in the near future, uh, we will have uh, more samurai moving in. And certainly I will try to ensure that they are employing you and the other local carpenters. I will bring it up to my magistrate and see if we can perhaps start funneling some business your way. 
Uh, he does not seem very convinced that this is going to change the tide, but uh, he respectfully nods. On the workshop, Yuzumi and Kena, you follow the beads and they seem to be pulling around near what seems to be a heavy machine. It is tied to what seems to be like a flowing waterway that uh, derives from the river of gold outside. And this powerful hydraulic thing with uh, what seems to be a a wooden pedal and various handles. It seems to be a strange apparatus that um, seems to rotate alongside a single axis. And whatever it is, it's the biggest machine here. In effect, you never saw a carpentry tool like this tied to the motion of the rivers. Even if you have no idea what this is, it is relatively impressive and uh, probably a work of art by itself. Well, if one would appreciate that, it seems that Kena does. Well, it is underneath this thing. This is way heavier than the other lattice that I know, but uh, I don't even, I'm not even sure that we can move it on our own. We may not be able to move it on our own, but perhaps there's another entry, perhaps into a cellar. We could try to find a way underneath there or from the outside, perhaps. Yeah, we can try, but yeah, it's definitely not on this workshop. The ground clearly gives in underneath this place, which might be the very reason why it's here. It benefits from being on slightly lower than the rest of the ground if it relies on the motion of water. Do you think we can dismantle this if necessary and put it back together? She seems pretty skeptical that they could do that. I'm fairly certain it could be dismantled, but putting it back together, particularly in the time it would take for Asahina-san to finish his conversation, is uh, perhaps pushing it. Come on, you w- we will not be dismantling the tool of livelihood of a man like this? No, we will not. Let me let me sit for a moment. I'll see if I can feel out anything. It may well be that this isn't the right place. So I think what Yuzume might like to do is, I don't know if she can commune with the spirits again today or not. It is like a downtime thing. But is there any way that she can try to get a sense, I guess just anything spiritual uh, close by, like a pole, kind of the way Hajime does with the void? Is that going to be cool? Yeah, you can try to do that. You attune yourself, but it's really hard for you to sense something because the spirits of the River of Gold, they are too close and too intense. And they seem unusually cheerful as they take the detour. And you can sense a strange harmony between the earthen spirits bound to this machinery and the water spirits. As if there is this strange complementary pleasure that they found in being both stationary and in motion that seems to be agreeable for both parties and you have from these simple tools of work a remarkable sense of balance you know the spirits are quite happy here but i'm not picking up anything unusual anything that might imply that this is the place it may be worth investigating elsewhere and coming back later if they don't turn anything up are you sure what if this is the place and we live and someone else comes and takes it at least we should consider our possibilities Okay, so out of character, I think that this might be the place because it's a lathe. 
and you've had lanes popping up. I'm just not quite sure how to uh, go about finding the right place. Um, or not, 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 bleh, not the right place, but like the right way to do this without wrecking the machine. Um, well, I can ask the guy. Yeah, like I feel like just asking him and being like, hey, uh, so we're here to, you know, we're, we're investigating the moth. Can we see your basement? <laughs> Yeah, but come on, you know, uh, that is completely different. If there is a basement, of course, the basement is going to be an easier entry site. I think it might be worth asking the carpenter just a, a couple of questions, perhaps uh, then just so that we can either cross this place off or confirm that it's the right place. And uh, using my heads uh, back to the office to knock on the door, uh, looks at them both. And then uh, looking more at the carpenter than Hajime. Hello, gentlemen. I hope that your conversation proved uh, particularly illuminating. Hajime looks very grateful to be interrupted. Asahina-sama has been very kind to Tadashi and uh, has entertained my my foolish words. How may I help you, Sashi-san? Yeah. I was wondering if you would be able to tell us more about the uh, the lathe, is it, in your workshop? It's, uh, it's very different to some of the other ones I've seen before. Oh, it's a very clever tool. Uh, it was designed by a member of the of the guild that passed away last winter, unfortunately. It's a real treasure. It makes turning work a wonder. It's usually is work that only the masters can do properly. But uh, with this, uh, even the journey folk, they can learn and try it without big issues. And the fact that it's powered by water really saves a lot of energy. It's really a delight to work on if you know what you're doing. I will have to take your word for it, I'm afraid. But uh, yes, it's a stunning piece of machinery. Evelyn, I would say. It must have had quite a powerful spirit within. And it's well-loved well into our craft and work. Well, was. Nobody has touched it in weeks now. Okay, so the problem is just that this thing is just real big and heavy. And it is over what seems to be the entrance. Is it like built into the floor? If I was just big and strong, could I just like drag it? The problem is probably gonna ruin the hydraulics of it. Uh, I don't want to do that. You need to be really good at engineering to get it back together. And the woman that built it is dead now. Well, that's unfortunate. I wish I wish she would not. I wish she would not be dead now. Um, the can think of is using some of the nicer, rarer pieces of wood to give us an offering to the earth spirits in it to be like, hey, we're really sorry we have to take you apart, but could you help us put you back together when we're done? I mean, if you're loving the earth spirits, you can just ask if there is something underneath to make this work on the first place. Some of the uh, wood that you have here is quite rare, is it not? I was wondering if I could take a few samples. Oh, please. Mm, I'll be glad if you, if you try it. Wonderful. Thank you. And Yuzume will just like look around and pick up. I think she's going to take like four or five and nod and then just like back out of the office again so that she can offer one of these rare pieces of wood to the Earth Kami to try to commune with them. 
as Yuzume backs away, uh, Hajime turns back to this man, having just had a, an idea that he thinks is very funny occur to him. And he says, I have an idea for the design of a desk that I would like to gift to my magistrate. And he says, do you have anything that I could sketch on, perhaps? Oh, yes. Here. And he hands you some uh, Erdogia and some shock. Get a sense of the earth spirits underneath you, and you get a feeling of strong, powerful earth spirits underneath you. Cavernous earth spirit. And just entering in contact with them, you communicate with way too many spirits of underground tunnels to know how they feel. And as they permeate your body, you know immediately, as you think of the question, that yes, there is an actual cavern there. In fact, there are stairs just underneath carved on the stone, and you can hear the change of the rhythm where they fuse with the traditional, well, traditional, not the natural environment and the natural caverns. And you can feel them fading away in the distance into a bigger complex. There is indeed a passage underneath this place. She looked at Kana and nodded to confirm that this is the right place and then looks back at the, the floor and then at the machine and says, Spirits of the Earth, I beg of you, is there a way to get to the caverns beneath us without destroying this machine? They say, yes, if you are to clear this space and dig through, through the hard rock. Fantastic. <laughs> and Tadashi is not stupid. Well, a desk will be nice, but you seem to be eyeing my workshop. I know who you are. You work with the Emerald Office. So are the Imperial Carpenters in need of a space? Will they want to make use of my workshop? Is that it? I say no, Tadashi. We are not here to bring the Imperial Carpenters into your space. We are looking into a matter related to the Moth Clan, and it just so happens that the space itself is a location that is of interest. It is nothing to do with your work, really, at all. Truth be told, I am only somewhat versed in what is going on, but we are investigating to see if there are any leads as to what may have happened in the cataclysm that destroyed the moth. I don't think you're going to find much about the moth here, Samurai-sama. Indeed, before this place existed, there was an ex-state of the Moth Clan like eight or nine generations ago, but it burned on the Great Fire, and then they allowed craftsmen to set to build houses around this street. This house is newer than that. It was never an estate of the Moth. I think you might be out of luck. I know it would be beneficial for me if I could, honestly, if I could sell you this shop but uh, it makes no sense it's not, not right to swindle you making you believe that this is somehow related to the moth i think even when he says this used to be a moth clan house like eight or nine generations ago i mean we talked a little bit about we talked a little bit about the whole thing in the past where like the moth have gone through multiple demises is that true have we shared that information i think that he's kind of at least been implied between each of you but i know it has been implied by the by the falcon last night i think then i would in hearing that this used to be a moth clan estate i would certainly be surprised and he said something about being willing to 
sell me his shop? Would he be willing to do that? Do I have enough money to buy it? I mean, what is money? You're a samurai. That's fair. Oh, man. I really like I want to buy his shop. I don't necessarily want to like put him out of his future livelihood. I mean, you can make an appeal to your family or your lord. Your family might be interested in the machine because the Asahina are very big on Nemuranai, and if this is powered by spirits, then it's a Nemuranai. That's true. Could I... Also, you are a crane, and a thing that makes pretty things is worth looking into sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but you're going to probably have to break it. Yeah. But maybe his family could rebuild it. Maybe they would be interested enough in what it is to rebuild it and try and invite the spirits back to make it work again. Could I buy this shop and then basically like just get this guy like patronage from my family? Could that be a thing I could do? <laughs> just like in perpetuity? You can try. I will do that. I say to him, I would like to be honest with you. This property is potentially of great value both to Hirosaka and to the Emerald Magistrate. I would like to purchase it from you, and I would like to pursue seeking my family's patronage in ensuring that your craft's work is continued. The uh, my family, uh, if you know anything about the Asahina, we are we are a people who enjoy fine craft or fine crafts work, and I would like to extend this our patronage to you, if at all possible. Why is this so upsetting to Ajimir? Why? This should be just, you know, getting some asset. Why is this so emotionally wrought? I don't think he's ever done this before. And being that the Asahina are a people who are are very, like, I mean, very committed to the idea of fine craftsmanship. He, I think it's mostly insecurity. I think he's just like, he's really worried that his family, you know, might judge him harshly if this is not of the of a fitting quality for for his family so i think it's a lot of just sort of insecurity on his part that is delighted and as you go over the details and this deal seems pretty safe he just i need to tell this to my husband place is yours and he rushes off takes the horse before he goes, if I can, I think I would uh, just, if I have some pocket change, I would hand it to him. And I say, I look forward to future business with you. And uh, please enjoy some drinks today with your husband on me. He seems even more eager and he just flies away with his personal belongings back. And kind is frowning. Ah, you should not have done last, that last bit. And why is that? Uh, you heard him talk. He's a leader of the local carpenters guild and he just sold this place and he has extra money to spend in drinks. I give one or two hours before everyone here a second knows what happened. Can I run after him immediately? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, but uh, as you start running, can I say stop? This is gonna get out. Sooner or later, it's just going to be sooner. If you're going to run somewhere, you should get the magistrate. We need to go down fast. Yeah, uh, before Hajime completely forgets himself and just starts sprinting through the street like a maniac, um, he says, yes, no, of course you're, of course you're right. Uh, I will uh, head back to the magistrate station and uh, seek, uh, seek others to make sure that the location is secured. 
Meanwhile, we see the, the others, which are meeting with our dear, dear in Otomo Kazuko in one of the back rooms. And she is accompanied by someone familiar. So, Aiku, how has Otomo Hideko changed since the last time we worked together? He is significantly balder and looks like he's gone through a lot of stress. Yeah, it seems like handling with uh, the scandal that was uh, Nagokita being alive basically stole five years of his life. And he seems to be there supporting uh, Kazuku. And she still does not seem very, very pleased to see you and is being distant and courteous. She does not have the harm that she reserves to Ajime and Yuzume. Emerald Magistrate Ambassador, you requested an urgent meeting. Uh, it was unfortunate that I was not able to see you yesterday, but I had some guests. But Otomo-sama, I feel like I've been neglecting my duty to you. I understand you have a unique proposal for the future of Hirosaka, and I have been so busy dealing with all of the local problems that crop up, I haven't had time to hear it from your own mouth. So please, inform me of what your plan for the AAZ, I believe I've heard it called? The Autonomous Administration Zone, yes. I thought you already made your choice because you had the two guests, the two pretenders of the Mod Clan, and you also talked with Doji Shizue. I thought you have already decided to see the transference of the Hirosaka region to the control of the Crane Clan. Otomo-sama, please. I merely wished to... Doji Shizue is an important personage everywhere. In addition to being a close kinsman of my advisor's master. I offered her as much hospitality as possible, and meeting with the claimants of the Moth was simply me attempting to understand this the future of Hirosaka from every angle. I have made no choice at all. I intend to make one soon, and I thought that I you deserved as much of a chance as they did. Well, the principles of the autonomous administrative zone is the same principle that you should be familiar with uh, the Emerald Office and the Imperial Legion. It's an endeavor of cooperation. It is going to be six clans, maybe seven, that going to be not only the sharing the burdens, also sharing the profits of this endeavor. All the clans will benefit. There'll be no workarounds. Basically, everything that is result of the prosperity of the zone remains in the hand of these six, seven clans. And they're going to be rewarded according to that. It does not matter if they are a major clan, a minor clan. This is what is going to happen. And this cooperation going to allow the region to tackle this challenge. Because no single clan, greater or minor, has been able to control the River of God for a long time. It is an heterodox solution, but this is an heterodox place, as you should be familiar by now. It also ensures that not one clan gains too much power, a principle that is reasonable in this time of unrest throughout the Empire, and a common perspective from the Imperials. I see the intent behind the construction of the organization between the clans I believe that the representatives of the minor clans educated us quite well on the matter last night. I am curious what your position would be if 
a new minor clan were to be established within the region, is there a process you envision for adding new seats to the council? I see no reason why not, especially if they would have in, be have interest in the region, they would be better cooperating with us. And I must ask, because the minor clans, of course, mentioned it when we dined with them. So your current plan for the council is three seats for the minor clans, three seats, one seat each for the crane, the unicorn, and the crab, and then one seat above all the others to act as a veto and proposal vote, correct? That's all correct. That will be the governor, which it can be Minnesota, or it can be someone else, Schult, the new Emerald champion, have different ideas. For the local vassal families of the great clans, if, let us say, the crab emissaries in Miyamakake need additional supplies from the region to benefit the crab outside of Miyamakake. I assume that would be something that could be addressed within the council itself and not expressly prohibited? I suppose the trained representatives would be willing to make this proposal. The other clans would vote on that. And if they saw that it was to the benefit of uh, Hirosaka, they won't go with it. If the governor saw that those supplies will be needed to feed the people of Hirosaka, for example, they could use their power of veto. In the end, the same rules apply. They will need to convince at least other two members that this is a good thing. Otomo-sama, I do find your proposal very interesting. I believe it answers a lot of the problems I've had interviewing the various Clements and looking at all the possible angles for who should inherit Hirosaka. You should keep in mind that this is going to put extra responsibilities on your office as well as on that of Seppo Nijima because you're going to have to have a more creative approach to law. You're going to have to make calls within the region. Nearly every instance will, of course, end up being something within the Emerald Office's jurisdiction, as it will inherently require the interaction between multiple clans. I believe there may be needed additional assistance from the Emerald Office to compensate for the increased complexity, but it is doable. How do you picture the military might of the region being marshaled? As some clans are want to express their interest in regions through a display of power, are each council member expected to provide the defenses for their own territories, or do, are they expected to bend together in order to defend the entire commune? That is something that it was not my place to address. Honestly, I expect that they, at least to some alliance of sorts, but ideal, they should contribute troops to a joint force. But because everyone has invested interest, I don't see anyone that would benefit from an enemy army just occupying this territory. Otomo-sama, so long as we all still have a place in the future of the AAZ, and perhaps we can get a proposal very early on the floor, I, I truly am concerned of the possibilities of Hirosaka sitting here, newly rebuilt without a strong centralized government being a dinner bell to more predatory military forces. I do believe that I can truly support the autonomous administration zone. 
Well, that's good to know by Yoshi-sama. I am eager to see the designs of one with the training as yourself and the benefits this will have over time for the River of Gold. I wish to ensure that you are aware that my legal counsel and expertise is always available if you require any assistance. Well, ultimately, this is going to fall to the decisions of the Golden Circle, which is going to oversee the administrative zone. But I'm sure that they will be in need of good advisors. Minoru-san, I believe we had a pressing case that you needed us to move to as soon as talks here were concluded. Atomo-sama, Atomo-sama, I thank you for your time today and wish you a blessed rest of the day. Unfortunately, we have a vital matter. Atomo-samas, Atomo-sama, please enjoy the rest of your day. I apologize for cutting this meeting so short. One moment. Otomo Sam, please leave us. And Ideko leaves the room and Kazuko rises and moves towards one wall. You were perceptive, Doji-sama, when you said that in these distressing times when it needs a place of peace. Have no illusions between the death of Doji Satsume, between the great hail and the tsunami. Well, there is great chaos and turmoil in the land. There might need a time when the sign of heaven will need a safe retreat. It is my intention that this be it. I want this place to be a unique corner of harmony and prosperity, safeguarded of whatever imbalances and turmoils are out in the empire. If you agree with me, we can work together. Atomo-sama, I would never have disrespected an individual of your talent and training. I must admit that I was suspicious of the true aims of the proposal, and I can assure you, these aims are much more worthwhile to my efforts than a simple collective of minor clans. I will be most pleased to provide my assistance in any way I can. Don't shame yourself with regrets, Dorisama. But please, let me not hold you anymore. Aiko will give a deep professional bow before leaving. Minoru will follow suit. So, we get back to the to, Haz, uh, to Hajime's carpenter shop, where we have the five of you together. My new carpenter shop. Bayushi-sama, Doji-san, uh, Asahina-san has managed to secure us the location for a couple of hours by becoming the owner of a new business. We should hurry and dismantle this machine so that we can make our way into the caverns beneath. Uh, before we do that, Hajime says, I would like to express to our new arrivals that this machine is potentially completely unique and there is not another like it. So as much as possible, please try your hardest not to destroy it. If we can dismantle it, that would be acceptable, but I would prefer not to destroy it. I can lead, but I have an important question. So it's impossible to lift it. No, as a whole, yes. Okay. And then Minoru is going to look at Hajime very curiously. Just Hajime Saad, did you ask the man who built it if he, the man who previously owned this, to if they could disassemble it for you? I did not. Hajime san, I often wonder about you. 
but I've taken a couple of things apart. Let's give it a shot. Ico will not assist, but will take careful notes of how you're pulling it apart, if that's possible, to make it a little bit easier to put back together, if that's GM approved. That is actually also assisting. Okay, cool. Then I'm assisting. So you are able to carefully draw every single component of it and properly label it and draw it and where it joins. And it's like 12 pages of instructions and slowly you are able to dismantle it piece by piece and you assemble it on the other side. Can I ask for those instructions specifically so that I can give them to the man who like who does this and be like, hey, by the way, I know you said the lady who made this is dead now. Here's how it works. Underneath of it, as you're working, you see a stone slab. And it seems to be kept in place by the same hydraulic system that feeds the machine. And Kaina starts trying to release the pressure. And she seems to be struggling and she puts her prosthetic limb there and struggling against the section. And it seems to be an impossible force that is applied. And you hear a crack as the the slab itself breaks and you can hear kind of scream 12 hells as her own prosthetic completely dismantle as metal just snaps and you can only imagine what pressures will be applied if it was well one of your arms and she's there taking apart pieces of the prosthetic as the well the slab that is has been sealing whatever is underneath can be easily moved now but there is no no system keeping it locked in place well you do the honors you will be the first person in at least five months to enter the heart of the mod. I have a replacement part. I'm going to take a break later to see if I can fix it, but we should rush. That will only draw more attention. Kanesan, are you all right? Yes. Ken, while they've been looking at it, can Ico have procured a torch or some sort of light? Eru will walk over, open it. Well, in we go. My honorable Yuriki. So you go down and you go over the complex. It leads stairs after stairs. And then the rushing waters deep under the Rusaka ancient stone, you find carved lanterns, which seem to somehow produce illumination, something trapped within. You keep walking and you find a massive cavern. It is impossibly large. You can find silkworm cocoons everywhere, laying over grave markers, art altars, and funerary urns of an absurd amount of graves. And as you approach, it becomes clear that they are graves of the Kaikoga, but they are way more than you would expect from only a minor clan. And lying in the middle of this formation, you can find a strange candle that is still burning. And Kaina just gets pale as she recognizes it. I was not even aware that they still made those. Can it? Can this be a candle of the moth made from the dreams themselves? Aiko will lean over to Izume and softly say, How rare is this phenomena? I am not familiar. I've never even heard of such a thing. 
Hajime says, Kaina-san, what does this candle do as far as you know? It was a tool for the highest ranking dream walkers, for the highest degrees of magics that the Mod Clan performed. Why would something like this be here? Ludo, to understand that I have a correct perspective of everything going on, as Iko looks over this cavern of tombs, and it's an incredibly large figure, is the implication that every moth samurai that has ever died is buried here? Or that this is every single tomb for each moth that has existed here in Hirosaka? Or that, like, everyone that died in the Calamity is here? Like, what? what's the scale that I keep... The scale is absurd. It showed, even if it was honoring every single mod clan samurai ever, this this is kind of what you would expect if, you know, if there was a tomb honoring every single one of the lions that ever lived. This, this is a, a kind of amount that you, that I could picture exists in the Kitsu tombs. We should tread very carefully if we, as we go further. And we have to go further. We still need to. We still need to find. Uh, you know what I showed you. We still need to find it. And she points with uh, her arm towards lanterns that the light seem to have faded away from them, and they seem to be much older than the others. And there is the sound of rushing water even underneath, as if there is a an underground river. Then let us go, but go carefully and don't touch anything. I'm going to stay back for a while. And she points to her ruined prosthetic. Since there is more light here, I'm going to just make a quick repair and catch up with you. And she looks at the, at the candle, wondering what to do with it. Is there a chance that she's going to take the candle? Like, can we just do the vigilance? Is she being, she's being honest? Well, it's pretty clear that she's extremely stressed ever since you entered this room. Kainathon, there are greater treasures deeper in to the bento than there are deliciousness at the very beginning. Sometimes it's better to skip an appetizer. Yes, of course. Especially when this one might end up tasting like fugu. Exactly. I'll catch up soon enough, Magistrate. I know what is the game. I know what is at stake. And Minoru will sigh a little heavy, just... <sighs> All right, let us continue. But nobody is taking the candle, just to be sure. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> the super important dream moth candle? Just, this is probably out of left field. Does Aiko get the same, like, Aiko had that really weird dream earlier in Hirosaka. Does this candle, like, give off the same dream vibes at, at all? Not in its current state. Okay, then Aiko wouldn't mess with it. It's out of his field. Well, the only thing is I've kind of established Hajime as a somewhat impulsive person at times. As you approach this candle, you see so many silkworm cocoons around it. And as you approach it, you just see silk moths all over the grave markers, all over the altars, all over the statues honoring the spirit of the moth dead. And they seem to, there seem to be more of them as you approach it, but they are not really there. You're just being observed by thousands and thousands and thousands of silk moths. And as you touch it, 
you feel the walks and it's not like anything that you ever felt. It's almost like you can mold it by the touch, but it's cold. So what is Hajime going through that is really testing his limits? Abject terror, I think. Just real scared. Doesn't know what this is, but like in a sense, this is where he's kind of been headed this whole time. We, I mean, he had strange feelings about what was going on during the destruction of Hirosaka itself. He went and, you know, salvaged in the Moth Clan's ruins and found that pendant. He, there's something tying him to this and he's afraid, but he doesn't, I don't think he knows to back away from it, which honestly might be in itself even a little scarier. You grab it and as you hold it in your hands, the mods disappear and you see someone familiar behind you. It is none other than Kitsushogo. His clothes burned one half of his body, bloody red from the wound, and he has his arms crossed. Why did you fail me, boy? Why did you fail me like you failed everyone? Why did you fail your sensei? Why did you fail this town? Do you think you can now what? More than what? Like that is gonna cover your failures? I think Hajime's initial reaction to that is just shock. He's just staring, mouth agape. I mean, all sense of composure completely gone. Is there a way he would know if this is real? Because he always looked up to Shogo. You don't need to know that this is real. The thing is, does it matter? You know that this is a dream. You know that this, you know what you are holding. You can feel it. You can feel the realm of of dreams walking around you. You know that you are more there than you are in the mortal realm at this point. You know that this is a dream. You don't know whose dream this is. It's probably yours. But why is this dream telling you such things? The question is, you know it's not real, whatever real means. The question is, why is it happening? It's happening because it's not Shogo saying it. It's happening because it's he. It's him saying it to himself. And I think he takes a long minute. Can I see the others? Yes. I don't think he knows what to say to Shogo. He does. I mean, he knows. Uh, I don't think he can. They hear him. Can they hear all the stuff he's saying? The others can see Shogo. Yes. They can see him like a dreamlike thing, and they can probably recognize it from their dreams that they had in the months that have passed. To each of them, it looks like they, how they see Soldier in their dreams. Uh, yeah, I think the others are just uh, like, I, I don't think Hajime say anything. He's just completely like locked up. Uh, yeah, Hajime is just completely frozen stiff and is just staring at Shogo. And I think at this point, he just has silent tears just running down his face. Shogo grits his teeth and is slowly walking in like a semicircle around the apparition of Shogo, soaking in his visual appearance and trying to see if he can understand or hear anything from him. And if not, just continue watching the figure. If Minoru sees Hajime is crying, just Hajime. And he kind of slowly sort of turns to look at Minoru. He doesn't say anything. Step away from the candle. He puts it back where he found it, I think, or tries to. The presence of the dream glows more distant and fuzzy until it disappears. And you can barely remember what did you saw 
It takes a lot of to concentrate to even remember what Shogo told you, Ajime. And you can see the the presence of Humedo now more distant. Leave the candle, Hajime-san. We must be careful here amongst the treasures of the dead. He nods silently. He can't remember as easily what Shogo said to him, but he feels nervous and kind of unsettled. And I think he sort of nods and the tears are kind of still coming, but he's not he's not entirely sure why anymore. Minoru takes a scrap of cloth or something and dries Hajime's eyes. It is all right. I'm sure that won't be the last strange thing we see. The other realms can be unsettling, darling. It's it's all right if you haven't experienced anything quite like that before. All right, let's keep moving. So you continue underneath and there's a lot of loud rushing water and you can see more of the old lanterns. You have to rely completely on Aiku's torch and you you are almost deafened by it. You pass around what seem to be various small uh, chimneys that lead into here, feeding these part of the tunnels with oxygen. And that's when you hear gears and the shift of two tons of stone separating you from the heart of the mod above you. And from the chimney, you hear Kenneth's voice. I'm really, really sorry that it has come to this. Aiko calls back. I can't say I'm too upset. It was particularly clever. Kena, better hope I die down here. <sighs> this is for your own safety, Magistrate. I know you will be safe there. I've scouted this place before. I know you'll find food and fresh water there. You can lie there for weeks. You will be there for the time necessary for things to happen. Kena, you better hope I don't get out. I hope you do, Magistrate. And you can see that she's struggling to not cry. All this is so that nobody has to die for stupid reasons. I'm sure you will eventually understand, but I don't ask you to forgive me. Minoru's going to look at the others. I suppose we have to try and find a way out. Please don't. That'll be worse. Then you will just be killed. She'll just kill you. All of you. If you stand in her way. And you will stand on her way because that's who you are. I, I see how you act. Killed by who? Tamiko. She's making a move on Hirosaka and she has been preparing to assassinate all of you. She has blackmailed. Nobody's gonna land your hand. You are the only people that will not be bent over by her will. You are the only one that she's not able to pull strings. She has concluded that she needs to eliminate you. If you are here, she does not have to eliminate you and you'll live to fight another day. I'll look in the direction of her voice then and give her a nod and say, do what you must, we will do as well. Lay down and escape and don't return to Hirosaka unless you really know what you're doing. We have to use the candle to get out. The candle that you left behind. Yes, that one.
The Emerald Lands, Their Wonders, and Horrors were played by Ludo. They can be found at Dilethiel on Twitter and Ichio, as well as at Heroes of the Republic. Bayushi Minoru was played by Brad. He can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Sakai no Doji Eiko was played by Evan. He can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite, Discord as PushyMushy1871, and on fellow L5R actual play, Secondhand Strife. Soshi Yuzume was played by Charlie. She can be found on Discord as Reselian and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Asahina Hajime was played by Sam. He can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram at SJSedlacek. This is a Court Games podcast. You can find out more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legend of the Five Rings is the intellectual property of Fantasy Flight Games. Radio, your gamers roll.